The Man War Podcast is sponsored by HotMovies.com. Try out some ethical, paid-for porn for free with none of those hidden fees or secret subscriptions when you sign up at HotMovies.com and use the promo code MANHORE. The Man War Podcast is sponsored by Alt Playground. APG is more than just a place to find couples to swap with. Alt Playground is a lifestyle community for all non-monogamous and sexually adventurous people to connect and share. And you know I started a profile. Join me over at altplayground.net. That's A-L-T playground.net. Now let's get to the show. Welcome to the Man Whore Podcast. I want to give a shout out to all you dirty dancing doulas, to all you big belly baby daddies, and to every one of you nannies with the numb nipples. This is Billy Presida, and you're listening to the Man Whore Podcast. Mmm, very, uh, yeah, fertile intro, babies, uh, yeah. Why? Someone I hooked up with this afternoon is trying to get pregnant, so I don't know, it's like on my mind. Not with me, with like another guy, her husband, it, you know, it doesn't matter, it's, that's a story for another time. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Welcome back. If you're not a newbie, this week on the pod, I've got on fellow stand-up comedian Kelsey Kane, a.k.a. Penis CK, a.k.a. Feminist Killjoy, depending on your politics. And I am sincerely excited to share my conversation with her, with you, in a little bit. But first, oh gosh, so many things happened, and I kind of want to talk about one of them. Uh, which one's it going to be? I, You know, is it going to be... How about J.K. Rowling continuing to be a transphobic bigot? Mm, no, not that one. Ooh, are we going to celebrate Andrew Gillum coming out as a bisexual black man in America? Oh, good for him. But that's not it either. No, no, no. I want to talk a bit about cuties. And not as much not as much the move, my opinion on the movie cuties, but my opinion on people who form opinions on movies they haven't seen yet. Holy shit. What a quintessentially American thing to do is form an opinion without informing yourself at all. We read headlines and not articles. We you know, watch trailers, but not movies. We read quotes of books while actually reading the book itself. Yeah, I know you do that like audible free trial and you banged out some audio books for a while, but you know that tapered off. We don't like, we don't like to take stuff in. We don't want to learn. We just want to learn enough to kind of form an opinion so we can join the conversation. So maybe we're not alone for another five seconds. It, it, honestly, this whole thing reminds me of a few years ago. There's a movie, Rough Night, that came out um, starring Kate McKinnon and Scarlett Johansson. I, th- I think A.D. Bryant. Anyways, in the trailer of the movie, the trailer, you know, a marketing device made by the marketing department, not by the filmmakers. that doesn't necessarily represent the movie, but rather just gets you interested enough to watch a movie. In the trailer, it depicts... Uh, a like a, a girls night party and a stripper comes by and he dies by accident. Well, the fucking lefty internet Twitter people went all fucking nuts and were like, oh my God, they're like making fun of murdering sex workers. Boycott this movie. This movie that hadn't even entered reviews yet. Reviewers hadn't even, no one had seen the movie. But they were already ready to cancel it or boycott it, which is weird because you can't boycott something you don't actually use. Had they actually seen the fucking movie, 
big major spoiler alert, everybody. But uh, that guy's not actually a male stripper. He's like a very violent criminal. And towards the end of the movie, we actually meet the stripper who was supposed to, who was supposed to show up at the door. And he's portrayed as a quite a fine fella. But you wouldn't know that because you didn't see the fucking movie. You decided to just be angry. And God damn it, I hate America's fetish for being angry. I hate our fetishization of having an opinion. And I know I am goddamn super guilty, but I at least try to be somewhat uh, informed or I shut my goddamn face. Now, the internet went fucking nuts. Twitter went crazy. Social media went mad about this movie, Cuties, that Netflix released last week. Cuties is, a, is an award-winning French film by a, by a female director, uh, and it's a coming-of-age uh, movie, a story about this 11-year-old girl. And I like the movie. It's a good, I think it's a good movie. But like, I'm not saying you have to like the movie. I'm just saying you have to watch the movie to have an opinion on the movie. Now, the reason people got so fucking nuts was that uh, <laughs> Netflix, in masterful fashion, their marketing department trolled Americans because they made a very special poster for the Americans. And the poster for the Americans is um, the, this group of 11-year-old girls in some skimpy dancer outfits that comes from a climactic moment of the movie when this group of girls like are at a dance competition, which, by the way, isn't seen as like a positive, good moment in the film. But yeah, it's them in some skimpy outfits in like typical dancer kind of suggestive dancer poses. I, people were screaming, child pornography. This is the sexualization of children. It's just so weird because like I sat through that movie and I didn't get a boner once. You know why? Because I'm not aroused by little girls. Like if you watch Cuties and at some point like you fed a, felt a tingle between your legs, guess what? I, I think you need to talk to a therapist because you might be a pedophile. I'm serious. Like, no one who watches the actual movie feels sexual during the movie. I promise you. I even, I was ready to, I watched it with a critical eye. I sat there seeing the outrage on Twitter. I was like, it would be actually weird if Netflix put child porn on the TV. But hey, big, big rich corporations think they can get away with anything. So who knows? But you know, I'll be the canary in the coal mine. I'm going to watch the thing. And if no one else should watch it, I'll go out and say something. And I sat there and I was like, this is far less sexual than people were suggesting. There are uncomfortable moments, I would say, like in the last third of the movie. Yeah, there are some shots that the female director does uh, because I think she's trying to make a point that works in context of the movie. It's almost as if she's trying to test the audience. She's like, hey, there are two reactions you're going to have. You're either going to be uncomfortable or you're going to be aroused. And one of those is the wrong feeling. Because these girls are not being sexualized. These girls are, it's a very, it feels like a very authentic movie. I see these little girls dancing and twerking and mimicking the people they see in music videos. I see them mimicking Beyonce. I see them playing pretend. They are playing adult. In the same way, a group of 11-year-old boys runs around a backyard, you know, pretending to shoot each other as they play war, right? Another very adult theme that children mimic because they don't quite understand it. But they want to be like the adults. That's all that's going on here. It's crazy because, like, you know, if any of these critics would actually watch the movie, they would admit that as well. Ted Cruz, who... <laughs> Ted Cruz called on the Justice Department to investigate the movie to see if it broke any child porn laws, even though there's literally no child porn in the movie and there's no naked girls in the movie. It, but they'd have to watch the movie to know, and they'll never actually watch the fucking movie. 
some people are just uncomfortable that the girls are being quote, you know, they, they believe the, the actresses are being sexualized. And I would be like, that's a fair point. If your timeline also includes your criticisms of like toddlers and tiaras or the, the multiple States in this country where child marriage is still legal, literal child marriage, literal child abuse is still legal for religious region reasons all over this country. But I don't see you tweeting about that. I see you tweeting about some French movie that you're afraid to watch because you're afraid you're going to get turned on and you're afraid that you're a pedophile. Like, I get that that's a fear, but also like that. What the fuck? That's how we got to this whole Trump situation in the first place. People don't fucking read. They don't watch. They just take in as much bite-sized information they can so they can form a fucking opinion. I'm not saying you have to like cuties. I'm not saying you have to even watch it. I'm saying you have to watch it if you want to form an opinion, if you don't want to watch it, then shut the fuck up. That goes for everything. It's not even a movie made for children. You know, it's, it's rated TVMA and anyone who's like, well, the, the children are still going to be able to find it on the Netflix and then they're going to watch it. I'll be like, yeah, they can also access dad's gun cabinet. And I think only one of those things is truly of high concern right now. Ugh, fuck. Sometimes I really hate my fucking country. Ugh. Please vote, people. Please vote early. Request a mail-in ballot. Whatever your state's doing, just try to please vote. I'm begging you. I'm trying to stick around this place. All right, slightly happier news, folks. Uh, we are launching a new podcast. Granted, nascent stages of the podcast, but we are launching a new podcast. It is called No Judgment, and we want you. Yes, we want you and your stories. Uh, this is a podcast where people will uh, send in their stories on sex, on love, on dating, on gender, on marriage. And then I'm going to myself read and have other people read your story and give their real-time reactions. If you have ever had a story and you wanted to hear a bunch of people's opinion on it, this is great for you. Likewise, I'm going to write some of my own stories. I'm going to have strangers read mine and react to them. So I'll begin that treatment too. And if this interests you, if you are a storyteller, if you are a writer, if you just have a story you've been burning to tell anonymously, if you want, shoot me an email at manwhorepod at gmail.com. Uh, right now, we're trying to get stories put together, but we're also uh, gathering up people who are interested in being readers. So again, one more time, manwhorepod, gmail.com. Before I get to this week's guest, Kelsey Kane, let's do a real quick fan whore appreciation moment for a couple of awesome people. These are folks who have supported me on the Patreon. We love them dearly. I want to give a thank you to Bruno Machiavello, who has such a fucking devious last name. From what I can tell looking you up, you seem to know a lot about trees. Want to smoke? Hey, thanks for supporting the pod. And I also want to give a shout out right now to... Look, I, I can't say it. Saad, look, there's it, there's an S, there's two A's, there's a couple of H's and a D. I can't say your name, but I can say thank you for supporting the Man Whore Podcast on Patreon. And if you too want to become a member and join our sex positive fan whore community, if you want to jump in on our super secret Facebook group, The Champagne Room, maybe you want to join our nonstop dirty group chat, The Peep Show. Become a member today at patreon.com slash podcast. That's patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash podcast. 
So a lot of industries are uh, having a reckoning about sexual harassment and sexual assault, right? You know, comedy, no different, okay? We've got Louis C.K., Bill Cosby, T.J. Miller, and sadly, oh, so many others. A lot of people these days getting either, uh, you know, accused of, admitting to, or being convicted of sex offenses. And I like to think of Kelsey Kane, who who I follow... uh, I've been following on social media for years, but this is our first like real conversation, uh, our first substantive conversation in person. But you know, I like to think that she's one of those you know loud and leading voices about sex offenders in the comedy community. Uh, it was truly a, a joy chatting with her. This is me and Kelsey Kane talking a whole lot about sexual assault, like like even when I try to pivot off to like her and her boyfriend, we're. We're coming back to rape, everybody. So buckle in. Are we doing this now? Is this um, the beginning of the podcast? If the, if that's do you do a little song or something? I don't do a little song. I try every once in a while. Is I try there to find a that little fade. song that goes on before the podcast. <laughs> We're talking about tender and love and just, you know. Uh, wow, that's pretty good. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe. I don't mind that. You should throw that in. Yeah. Is there a little song that plays at the beginning of your podcast? No. Uh, there's like intro music, but not like before the oh, what? How does it go? There's like, uh, do you know who Evan Williams is? Yeah. Right. He he does the movie phone voice, so he does like a welcome oh, to the okay. man who podcast. Blah, blah, blah. No, oh, no. so he's your beginning. He's my beginning. Oh, okay. He's my beginning. That's nice. Yeah. I like that. Okay, so it's not exactly a song. Yeah, before. and then I bullshit for like 10, 20 minutes and pretend I'm Mark Marin, and then I, you know, bring in a Oh, and then you get Okay, so that part's going to happen without me. Right. Where you right. just say whatever. I'm going to be like, fucking Kelsey Kane, what a boring. <laughs> Feminazi buzzkill guest. <laughs> oh. my, my feelings have been hurt. Oh, I'm no. shy. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But uh, yes, I am here. You've with... been so nice and so supportive of me. It's like I... just like so kind. Well, like your brand seems to be like supporting people who have been tragically hurt. <laughs> yes, like the other day I had a guy in here. His brand is he's very bisexual and you have to know it. Like that's the whole brand. And, oh, and your brand okay. is like if some man has done something bad to you, like I'm here for you. I will say this. <laughs> Men are not the only people who commit sexual assault. Women also commit sexual assault. Non-binary people also <laughs> commit sexual assault. It's something I feel like not enough people say yeah. <laughs> out loud in very specific terms. Right. Uh, but like, how did you get to start being so outspoken about that within comedy? Well, okay. So like in in sexual assault, why I got into advocating for it and basically sexual assault education. That mm. was my is my big thing that I push for is I was sexually assaulted when I was in high school and I fought off the guy who, um, you know, tried to rape me. And um, and I was asleep. I was like passed out drunk at a, a three at a four person party. <laughs> This guy tried to rape me. So I'm screaming. I like fight him off me. And then my friends come in and I'm like, hey, this guy attacked me. And they were like, no, he didn't. And the friend was like, he has a girlfriend. He wouldn't do that. And I was like, he definitely just did. And they were like, Kelsey, you're just you're just wild. You don't know what you're talking about. So like fast forward, it's been like a bunch of years. The Me Too movement happens. People are like, what? 
you know, people are lying about this. And I was like, this happened to me. And people told me I was lying while I was screaming while it happens. People told me I was lying. So it's like, it's okay if people tell you you're lying. That doesn't mean that you're lying. You should listen to these people and their experiences. And so I took that experience and I basically like, you know, wrote an open letter to the guy that assaulted me on Facebook. Mm. And then I said, you know, the school that he went to, he went to an all boys school and they don't teach anything about sexual assault education and they should. And the guy who attacked me contacted me and was like, hey, um, you know, I thought about that, whatever, and I just thought it was a really bad night, and I realize now that, like, I assaulted you, and I didn't even know that I did that, and I just wanted to reach out to you, whatever. And I was like, this is so weird. Most survivors of sexual assault never get someone who is even willing to admit that that actually happened. Did he use the word assault? Yeah, I mean, I, I, when he called me, I like, also it was like so easy for him to get my phone number, which I was like, oh, gross, you know, <laughs> this, I didn't, I didn't know him other than this one interaction. We had spent no other time together. This is our only interaction we've ever had. So I'm like, it's not like this is a friend or something. Um, and so he, I recorded our conversation when he called me and I was like, so you're saying you assaulted me? Cause I was like, I want to have this on on record that, you know, sexual assault is impossible to prove. People are going to fight you on your, like, credibility as a person. Mm. So I was like, I don't know exactly what's going to happen from this, but I definitely want evidence that he definitely sa is saying he did this. Yeah. So then he was like, yeah, I did this and I recorded it. And I was like, look, I'm going to move forward with the school and try to get them to teach sexual assault education. And I think you should also do that with me. And he was like, yeah, fine. If you don't name me anywhere, then I will I will do that. And so after I like did a petition and stuff and I got like 5000 signatures, I met with the school and in Texas and like presented them with a sexual assault education plan. And I had the guy who assaulted me come and read my open letter to him about how he had assaulted me in front of his school. And he was like, this happened and I did this. And I think if we taught boys sexual assault education, I wouldn't have done this. And I'm like, I don't know if that's true or not, but I do know that he would have had to think about it and he would have been educated about it and he wouldn't have been off the hook for it. You know, like if I hadn't have said anything, I don't think he ever would have thought about it again is my, you know, thought about sexual assault with people. So how did it feel when he called you? Oh, it felt, I was like so nervous. I was like, why are you, uh, God, I don't want to interact with you at all. But to, he, to hear when he, when he acknowledged and affirmed what happened, like what? I mean, it still felt bad. Yeah. <laughs> it never felt like I was like, yeah, I mean, good. I'm glad that you're admitting the truth. You're admitting you hurt me. A lot of people like are like, wow. And he did that and he went all the way with you. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he assaulted me and he's admitting what he did and I didn't destroy his life or something, which I think um, a lot of guys or people who commit sexual assault think that if they ever admit it, then their entire life will be destroyed. Mm -hmm. 
Um, which isn't true. A lot of times, like, survivors of sexual assault are, like, so empathetic towards, like, hey, like, let's move past this and, like, make life. You can't just deny something happens. Like, that's not going to, it doesn't work for anyone. Mm-hmm. Is that what, I mean, after a tragedy like that, what is the, like, best case scenario for you? Him Like, is that the kind of the best case, the best that can happen? I will say for me, a lot of people were like, well, he admitted it and, you know, um, you could have done, taken legal action. And it's like, no, I really just wanted him to have to say it very publicly to people and basically, you know, shame, shame him the same way I had been shamed. Like, no, that didn't happen. He had to be like, yes, it did happen. And, uh, you know. I think that's that's what I wanted, but I because I think he'll go forward and think of that instance. But also, like I don't know who he is or what he did with other people. I have no idea. Yeah, you don't know if he'd done it since you. You don't know if he's done it even since the whole thing. Right, I have no idea. But you do know that he knows now. Right, Right. I do. I held him accountable to his own actions. How did the school react? Like, what was that process like? Oh, it was really weird. I mean, it was really weird. There, it was. It's an it's all high school. Bo- it's right? an yeah, an all boys Catholic high school. So they were like very upset that I was bringing it up because they don't even have they have the uh, abstinence only, a sex education. They're like, we can't even get our priests right. to not do this. So how do you expect us to get <laughs> boys to get I mean, on board? It's so sad. The priest stuff is so sad. <laughs> but like, for for how I like tried to get them to see it as I was like, okay, even if you're having abstinence only sex uh, education, you can still talk about sexual assault because it's something that happens to people. It's not a consensual thing. Yeah. It can happen to people who are being abstinent. Sexual assault can happen in marriages. People who are married can have, and they were just like, what is this? What is happening to us? Why is this happening to us? <laughs> they and come I to you like, like they react like you're a burden. Like, oh, like doing the right thing is this unfortunate thing we have to add to the schedule. Right. And it's like people's mindsets are so bad. And people act like sexual assault is something that is so not fine to talk about and so happen so er, er, so minorly and you should just never talk about it and like i know people who are victims of sexual assault where they literally like buried inside of themselves and had like deep trauma from those instances that people are like don't even talk about it mm. that's the best thing to do and it's like i know that's not true yeah how how were i mean did it eat you up inside like from when it happened till the phone call or the letter um, I'm sure it did on some level, um, because the people in my life around me who had been assaulted, I was like so empathetic to and so worried about in so many ways. And even though like I didn't have to interact with him ever again, I was like definitely on guard for like the rest of my college life and, you know, my young like, going out in this I yeah would, like do you like, feel never... like you were more like on guard than you maybe would have been if that hadn't happened oh for sure for sure like i remember like in college i would go to parties with my friends and my roommates whatever and i'd be like 
yeah, I mean, if you came to this party with me, you're leaving with me. Like, I'm not going to let anyone stay behind ever. And, like, if you want to bring some guy back with us, that's totally fine. You can have sex yeah. with him in our apartment. Yeah. I don't even care. But I'm just not going to leave you at some place I don't know you don't know. And I'm sure my friends thought I was, like, very rulesy. But I was like, I just, like, don't. It can't be on my watch, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, you get more protective. That's uh, and it's But it's, like, sad that you even, like, would feel that compulsion to do that. Right. But I think if all, if more people thought like that, like, okay, I think, like, people who are thinking about committing sexual assault, you know, I'm sure they're that's not exactly how they're. <laughs> think i'm about to sexually assault someone it's like i don't know if that's how they think of it that's why i was and that's why i was saying but you know before i think when we were off mic was like there i i i've always thought that there are dudes who have assaulted or raped people who don't think don't realize that's what they've done yeah and there are people who i think have said that they've been assaulted when they haven't but they think they were and sadly i think there's also women who or people who have been assaulted and don't even realize it. And that right. one breaks my heart because right. we don't even teach. I didn't, you know, I told you what happened with me. It was like, I didn't even use that word until right. the last several years. Right. Because I was like, it just felt weird to say. And I was, I didn't know if it counted or not. Right. Yeah. But it does. Yeah. Yeah. And it matters to you and how you identify yourself and feel like okay bad things have happened to me like that's okay yeah. and just because there are other horrible things happening in the world doesn't mean that what happened to you was any less awful mm. in your own life experience i i see that a lot with people and they don't want to say that they're victims of sexual assault you know a lot of people say survivors i don't care either way i think it's fine you can call yourself whatever you want yeah. <laughs> i think it's great yeah I, and and so on the whole thing, like of, of people not knowing that what they're doing is assault. Like honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if that the woman who did that to me. I wouldn't be surprised if she like. I, I did I tell you what happened at the comedy club after that happened? I don't think, think so. No, okay. yeah. So like okay, uh, summer before summer between junior senior year, I believe. Um, I went home with a woman. I said no. She whatever. She rapes me at her place. About a week or two later. I'm meeting someone at the KGB bar above Eastville Comedy Club. Uh-huh. And I walk uh and I and I walk by, they had the big windows. And I saw Dan Soderson and they were like, "Oh, I'll go say hi to Dan." So I walked downstairs and when I opened the door right fucking there straight ahead is the owner Marco and the lady. Oh god. Cuz I think she had like a friend who was a comic who played Eastville or something like that. And I open the door, see them, she points at me and says, "Him." He says I raped him. Oh, no, you did tell me this. Yeah, and Mark was like laughing, and I'm like, okay. And I turned, I waved at Dan, and I like walked out the place. Now, for me, that was way more like traumatic than the actual thing that happened. Yeah, it was you all, know? I mean, it sounds all traumatic, but yeah, because it was so public. Like yeah. you got publicly shamed. But like she doesn't think, I truly think she doesn't think that's what happened. Because she doesn't think maybe women can rape men or she doesn't think that because we don't teach it because right. no one knows. Like right. what was in the sexual assault plan you brought to that high school? Like what was. What were some of the things? Yeah. Like what did you bring to them? Oh, it was like a I think I wrote like a 30 or 40 page curriculum for them that was like mostly written off information I found on um, Rain. Mm -hmm. which is a website for the largest national yeah. sexual assault help 
network yeah um, and i love it in.org yeah and i love them and that's where i like learned a lot of statistics and stuff and it's like i mean my most basic things were like you know if you are in a you got to get consent in a verbal way you got to be looking for it you got to be very sure with this other person like just know that you don't know what they're thinking and i think a lot of people are like a lot of people are taught to be very pushy with sexuality with their sexualities like you have to put it out there you like you have to try to like coerce the other person into being sexual you have to trick them in the fucking you type of right we have to like trick them and it's like there are so many people who want to have open consensual sex many different kinds of sex like in committed relationships with um friends with you know acquaintances whatever there is someone who wants to do that in a consensual way (laughs) there's at least seven people i think for every one person no matter what you're into or what you look like totally you can find them easily you don't need to push yourself sexually on people who don't want that yeah like it's so unnecessary but it's like we have to like read teach people that you you shouldn't be tricking and coercing people into being sexual with you and that's not going to lead to some sort of relationship like and i know it's like the fault of many many social norms through time like uh the nerd guy the only way he's going to get the girl whatever you know it makes him look cool whatever and it's like no you gotta just look at people like i'm a person you're a person it's like have you ever been on reddit they want there's so many chicks who want to fuck nerds specifically yeah totally it's it's there everybody (laughs) and then like you know a, a lot of for my curriculum that i wrote was also about like if you're a man who's been sexually assaulted, what are your options? Who should you tell? A lot of guys who were sexually assaulted never talk about it, which is the reason I think you like you're so cool to talk about it because people just bury it. it women bury it, and it happens to so many women. Hmm. Men bury it. It happens to so many men. And it's like if we were able to talk about this in kind of a more open way and people didn't get very defensive, and I think people get defensive for a lot of reasons, maybe because they have committed sexual assaults a lot or think they have in some way, so they have to devalue anyone talking about it ever. Yeah. Well, so, like, you know, how did how's that, like, uh, you know, affected your... I had a good. I had a good thing. I. Oh, I believe you. Fuck. You know. <laughs> you know when it was there and then it wasn't. It's like dad. It's like ah oh, fuck. Okay. Um. But you know I don't know. Did you? Le- oh, that's what it was. Did you learn? Did anything like when you were researching to put together your plan? Did anything like surprise you? Did you learn something new that you were like, oh shit? No, I mean, um. I I feel like it's all like once you start learning about sexual assault, you'll be like, oh, that makes just a ton of sense. I think that's almost anyone like marginalized groups are way more vulnerable to being sexually assaulted, like um, LGBT people and people of color definitely are at a higher risk because um, they're valued less in society. Mm-hmm. And so that's like a dominance thing that people who commit sexual assault feel even more fine. So that's why 
women get sexually assaulted. That's why little little boys get sexually assaulted a lot. Is because they're just not valued as much. Mm-hmm. It's like so fucking sad. And did you know as you learn more about and this uh, and I'll share why this how I tie this, but okay. um, as you learn more and more about like consent culture and things like that, like did you ever, have you ever had flashbacks to past memories, whether about things that were done to you, or did you ever think like. Oh fuck! Like, did I do something that might have been uncomfortable for the, another person? Hmm. Um. I definitely have had instances where I'm like, okay, I had interactions with guys that I think were strange. That I was like, I'm really glad I got out of there. And um, you know, people. Well, I think, like, people say that a lot, though. They're like, oh, if you feel like something's weird, why don't you just leave? And it's like, a lot of times people's bodies just freeze up, like, in the flight or a fight or flight way. So it's, like, not even fair for me to say. I mean, I'm glad I left those situations. But I think I left those situations because I was scared. Mm -hmm. And I think people aren't really, you know, people want to have a good time. People aren't thinking that they should be scared. But I'm thinking, like, back on my past, um... I mean, not so much, I feel like. Okay. I feel I'm like, sh- I know, that was a good question, though. That was a good question. Because I think like, when we learn the information, if yeah. we teach adults this stuff now. Then you look back on your life, yeah. And you're going to think, oh, fuck, what did I, like, because if you don't know that you assaulted somebody and then you learn a more comprehensive look of what that is, you might then go back and be like, oh, did I do this X, Y, or Z? Or I wonder right. if this person experienced it that way. Um, I know that like I try to, you know, I've done check-ins and try to be like, what, you know, did what? Oh, did I do something? Can I, did I, could I have been a better experience Did this, that, or the other thing? Um, or like I had a woman on the, so the podcast originally was me talking to past, past hookups about like why we didn't work out. Okay. So <laughs> I had this woman. I love and- that. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm so brave. And <laughs> I had this woman, Emily, on who we went on one date from some app. We went home. I said, hey, I don't really want to like fuck on the first time. Let's fool around. Then she was kind of pushy about it. And we eventually fucked. Totally consented about it. It's fine. Um, it was, it was a, you know, it's a fuck I wasn't proud of, but like a fuck that was totally a consensual fuck. Okay. I have her on the podcast about two years later. Mm-hmm. And before, um, beforehand i usually will like ask a few pre-interview questions and one of them is like um is there something you have a burning desire to talk about and she says well i definitely want to talk about that night i'm like okay and i turn the hit the record button i look back and she's in full tears oh no and i was like and i'm like hey what ha- wait what's going on she tells me i was like do you mind if, are you can i hit record for this she's like please so i hit it and i was like what's this emotion and she's like i thought i raped you that night she held that for two years. Right. She. Oh my god. About six months after we had hooked up, she started dating this guy. He had. She used to never think women could do that to dudes, and then she started dating this dude who, like, it totally did happen to. And then I guess back then her memory thought of me. Right. And she because had, she coerced you into sex, which uh, I don't think she coerced me. I think she was. Uh, she kept asking, and okay. I am always allowed to keep you're, saying you're yes the, or no. Yeah, you're the only one who can know. Yeah. That's another thing is that only you who are in that situation can define what happened to you and like what you think of things. I, I think. I think if there's a vi- I think there's a more object. I think 
obviously everyone's going to put uh, interpret things differently. But like if there was a video camera with audio, I think no one would have seen it and go like, you know, she's coercing. I think they would just be like, that's a horny chick who just really wants this guy to fuck her. Um, so like I, I told her and then I what happened was to calm her. I had to tell her the other story just to be like, no, 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 you're good. This is an example of wasn't. But just the idea of like she had sat with that for like a year and a half thinking she had done that to somebody because she had new information. She now had a new outlook on what that it was is. recontextualized to her. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. And like, that's happened with me where I've thought back to things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm in a group therapy with all men, mostly because I can't afford one-on-one therapy. So I'm in a group therapy with men and it's all men, roughly same age. Like I'm 31. I'm the oldest in the group. So it's like a mid twenties, late twenties group. And um, it's something that's been coming up the last like year or so of like, thinking about there's this the idea of like being a good guy versus a bad guy right how we're all both a little good a little bad and sexual assault consent this stuff has come up in the group a lot and even i have gone through the memory banks i remember um a year year and change ago i brought up to the group i said i had a flashback to a night in college and i'm nervous how she perceived it uh-huh and it's a night where like i was hanging out with friends in like a dorm room and playing some drinking games and then they like said i could crash in their dorm room like in her bed um we never done anything together um and we were like spooning in bed just to go to bed in a twin size bed and i remember like trying to initiate or at least i was trying to say hi i think you're cute and i would like to do things if you're into it without using any words i didn't like grab her crotch right but it's like i was like i was like like running my hand down her flank and like trying to see if I could get a response that way. And then like I didn't and I eventually stopped, but like I didn't like touch any, we'll call them the problem areas. <laughs> okay. And, but, but so, so this flashback comes back and I go to the group. I'm like, Hey, this happened. I'm like one, I'm not sure what that is. I'm concerned that that is something maybe she experienced in a more, tra- you know, traumatizing way. And I was like, I even thought, like, should I be reaching out to her and saying, hey, I remember this night. I don't know how you experienced it. But like, if you experienced it in a really negative way, like, I'm really sorry. They told me, Billy, that sounds not like something to potentially like yeah. bend her over. But I think to have these like, um, like self audits. Right. Well, be a really I, good thing. I definitely think that's good, and to look back on experiences and try to see what happened there. Yeah. I think that's really positive. I don't think a lot of people do that just generally in their lives. Right. Um, I know he's not like necessarily like a um, uh, a sexual assault icon, but did, um, did you watch the Bird Revelation, the Chappelle special? Oh the no, he's on the stool. I he did ta- not. He compares it to like in Reconciliation in South Africa. He was like. The only way they're going to he, he was he basically compared me to to that saying like the end of apartheid should have been a bloodbath. But it was a peaceful is apparently some sort of peaceful thing. And Mandela's involved. And they said that part of the way they did that was they had everyone come forward and say what they did. Not in a punitive way, not so we could figure out who to hang, but just come out and say what you did. And that that apparently helped the end of that. And he thought that in me, too, that that there's a place for that there i don't yeah i don't think people want to be held accountable for things like that though right but i think like no one wants to like your guy didn't but your guy you know that that guy sorry to call him your guy but it's like <laughs> yeah, sorry he's definitely like, your, your attacker <laughs> he came out and he read a letter i mean to a to a fucking school and said right. this is what i did 
Right. And what I did was wrong. Right. And don't do what I did. And if we could get men to, I mean, and not people. But I but- think I think people want, and it's different for, well, it's very different for people who have a public persona. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like Chappelle's public persona is like ingrained out there. You know, he is a brand. Sure. So it's like, I think that, I don't know if he would want to take accountability for the things that he had done. I don't know. I think it's like. I think we won't know until somebody comes in, you know, accuses right. Chappelle of something. Usually you get forced out into accountability. Mm. This is usually what happens to people. And people are so scared about that that they deny it or they say anyone who talks about this is awful. So I think there is a thought there. Like, with, could we create a space yeah. where people can just say what they did? So, I mean, what we're talking about is having a safe space for <laughs> for um, sex offenders. <laughs> that's what we're that's talking way, about. That's a way to phrase it. Um, and it's like the people, the victims of sexual assault are not, are not awarded the same safety ever. Sure ever they're always attacked i i am someone who i'm like i'm shocked that i haven't been more attacked Mm. in talking about sexual assault (laughs) well thanks (laughs) i'd like to think lots of people who talk about this are really nice though i think it's really nice to talk about sexual assault (laughs) i think that's like one of the fucking nicest things you can do because it is really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable. It's really uncomfortable to admit that you've been sexually assaulted. That's like not something people want to do. It's really uncomfortable to admit you have sexually assaulted someone. I have no idea how that would be. Like, okay, for like Louis C.K., I don't know why I thought he was really going to take accountability of that Me his too. actions. I really thought that. And I think my doing penis ck where i would like dress up basically penis ck i know we didn't (laughs) i didn't i didn't talk about it i would dress up in like a black shirt and jeans and a a orange wig and i would go out and i'd be like it's me and then i'd be like i would do exactly what he admitted to doing which i would be like do you want to watch me jerk off and then i would just start jerking off and I'm people, sorry, what, what what exactly were you jerking off when you were on stage? Just this really um, small dildo. <laughs> I went to the sex shop and I asked for the smallest um, <laughs> um, white penis they had. By the way, that that penis looked like it was um, uh, quite generous in the estimation. <laughs> <laughs> when you when you said that that was the smallest, it was one, the I was smallest like, one. You know, ugh, like I I think Louis Louis might look at that and be like, I wish. but i'm sure he has some sort of like you know people told me they were like louis has seen this and then i'm like yeah i'm sure he has i'm sure he has how did that feel to hear i mean people were like do are you trying to like interact with him and i'm like no i'm trying to say this isn't fine how is i don't want to hang out with sex offenders (laughs) i don't want to work with them I would like people to be like, God, this isn't great. Let's not idolize people who behave this way. Right. 
but like you know people aren't exactly there yet they're like but we already idolize him what do we do now and it's like unidolize it's hard it's hard for people especially in in comedy in our fields where people are like looking up to these guys like they're the end all be all and it's like they don't even like themselves mm-hmm. <laughs> they're fucking jerking off at their co-workers like that is not someone who's blackout is... drunk every night and then assaulting people why you think they're right. blackout drunk every night right and it's like these are not people these are not heroes these are people who are very good at public speaking <laughs> at the end of the day that's what we do we're just yeah we we don't piss ourselves in front of a crowd my number one thing i think about stand-up is i think stand-up is when i talk and no one else can talk that's all i think stand-up is it's what my dad i guess wishes dinner was uh every time (laughs) i wish i could just talk and then no one responded right except saying thank you dad people like respond in like guttural noises ah (laughs) I, I also shared the hope when – because one, the Louis C.K. thing, I don't think a lot of people outside of comedy know. Like, comedy knew. Yeah. And oh, like, people remember, knew for, like, decades. Right. I knew for when Bill Cosby thing came out, I used to write for – I used to be the assistant editor of Laughspin, right. which is a comedy news site, and I used to work next to the editor. And when the Cosby thing came out, I turned to him. I said, Dylan, so when do – and we were like theorizing like when the Louis thing will come out and like how that would be responded to. Like, because like not as a what if Louis done this. We were like, no, yeah, he's done this. And yeah. what will ha- Lots of people know. And I shared a hope that he would be different in response to allegations. Um, I think I've shared on the show before why. Like, do you want to share why you thought he would be any different? Yeah, I don't know. I thought um, I thought he did something that people could understand and that you actually can come back from if you apologize with like remorse to your victims and and maybe in some way he could have led a path for people back who have done um who have sexually assaulted people like I've learned and I've grown and and this is you know not fine behavior and I'm embarrassed of it and and such but no he's just like i can do whatever i want and i can do worse even and say worse things and just do anything and it's like oh my god and it's like i would never say he's not funny yeah. i just think, I it think re- anyone's saying no one accused him of not being funny guys <laughs> but but not being funny is like the best way to take a sex offender down yeah <laughs> like if if people don't think that someone's funny and then it's like exposed that they're like a serial sex offender. People are like, fucking, yeah, of course. They're there's, not even funny. There's that guy from like Wisconsin who's like a road dog, but like it's not so he wasn't some sort of brilliant comic. Everyone was fine. Like, yeah, no, you can convict him, put him in jail. Don't care. Cause he, right. you know, he didn't do chewed up. So it's fine. Right. And it's so much about money and just about what people have and who should be punished and who we feel. Like, as a society, we should be, like, empathetic towards and who we shouldn't, you know? Yeah. And it's, like, as a society, we feel bad for the famous guy whose only repercussion he really uh, faced was people found out what he did. 
And that's a very, uh, it's hard to fight for victims of sexual assault and then know that, that like predators are not only going to not even feel bad, but they're also just not even going to be held accountable for anything. Or- and people are going to defend them by saying their life is over when it's not. Right. 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 It's so many things. And it's like, I had to use the point where I was like, wow, I'm really, I really can't solve this. But I do still think education is the best way to do it. If we Mm -hmm. can integrate it into our schools, then at least people will grow up knowing, like as, as you were saying, that this casual sexual assault people have done or are not knowing they're doing. Just call it casual sexual assault. Uh, yeah, I hope, think. I hope that term doesn't get popularized. Oh, I'm sure it might oh, if no. I keep saying it. Um, but no, I think people sexually assault people and they and they just don't think of it mm-hmm. and they just don't. As the guy who attacked me said, I just thought it was a bad night. How are you not screaming all the time, right? It's like I I mean, I've gotten really I've been really sad. I've been really depressed about things. And then I'm like, okay, well, a lot of people have reached out to me, a lot of really kind people, and been like, the way that you talk about sexual assault and how much you talk about it, and how much you talk about these people who are successful who have committed sexual assault. And it makes me feel less crazy. And it makes me feel like at least someone is saying it. And I'm like, wow, I don't even see myself as a successful person. But the fact that you do and you see that you can be successful and talk about these things and, you know, bring some light to something that a lot of people suffer from. A lot of people. And it's like, you don't have to commit sexual assault. It doesn't make you like a big person, you know? It's going to make you feel horrible in your soul. I know it. There's no way that you are not feeling awful. So, Kelsey, how on earth have you been able to find such a sweet, sweet boy that you're sure has not sexually assaulted anyone in your boyfriend? <laughs> uh, you're wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he's also a very funny comedian in his own right. Yeah, he's a nice guy, man. He's a yeah. really nice guy. Um, How'd you two meet? Doing stand up, of course. Like, wanna, yeah. Yeah, but like, this is the. So I haven't like, uh, the only comedians I've ever like hooked up with or dated have approached me because mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. terrified to like do it because I see it as my workplace. And so I'm. I think that's a really healthy way to see it. Yeah. To just, see it as a workplace and to see the people you do it with as coworkers slash peers. I think that's super healthy. Yeah. I do my best not to make first moves just because, you know, I'm already unbooked enough as is and I don't want to make that any worse by being wrong. Um, but, like, who approached who first? Because I hear about comics who date each other. I go, like, how'd this happen? Oh, I approached him. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. But I'm a forward person also. Yeah? Um. Yeah. I saw him doing stand-up. He's just so saw funny. Saw that hair. He's so funny. <laughs> He's so funny and um, so sweet, you know? He's a funny, sweet guy. And How long y'all been dating now? We've been dating for five years. Oh, my God. I know. I it's like think, almost common law. I don't think people know that we've been together for so long, but, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole th- the whole thing with the open letter, that that was during the relationship, right? Yeah, right. So how, how was, you know. Oh, he was, like, amazingly supportive. He's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of times in comedy, you feel quite like you're doing something frivolous. 
I mean, I hate to say that, but I think a lot of people are like, oh, I make these jokes about nothing and what is my life even about? And so when I really was started to talk about sexual assault a lot, he was like, this isn't frivolous. This is really helping people for sure. I can see that. Yeah. And also it made some people so angry, especially when you're a woman in comedy, you're really not supposed to talk about sexual assault. You're actually not supposed to even be funny. Uh, (laughs) So I'm just so kind of surprised by your existence. And you're supposed to be like super fine with all of this like really horrible behavior. And then people act like women are like, you know, the killjoys of the situation. It's like fucking it's just like literally unsafe. (laughs) And and so like, do you not like, are you mindful about the lineups you are booked on? Do you sometimes turn down spots because of certain people are on the lineup? There is someone who I did, you know, before pandemic, I did a show with who was like the headliner and I know they have sexually assaulted people, um, you know, from first people have told me and, um, you mean the, the, his victims, his victims told you. yeah. And I was like, so sad about it. I was so sad and I was there and I was like, and did my set. And then I watched some of his set and I was like, what am I, this is my one life. And I'm watching this guy and I'm like, I know that it's like a system based on like, if you complain, then you're not going to get booked and whatever. And I'm like, how can I take all of that into my own hands and book my own lineups and do it all myself? Because I just don't want to be around these people. And it's like, and people will say the opposite. And I totally respect it. Like, if I can't, if I say I can't be on the show with someone who is a sex offender, like, it just takes away the opportunity from me. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true. Yeah. Like, I definitely think that's true. And I'm like, I just don't want the opportunity, I guess, anymore. Yeah. Anymore. Because I have taken opportunities. Well, it sounds like you want to create your own opportunities instead. Yeah. It's not like It doesn't sound like you're resigned to just not make it. Um, it sounds like you're like, fuck it. I'm going to put on this stupid wig and this ball cap. And I'm going to pull a dick out of my pants in the middle of a set. And we're going to make this funny. And I did that in front of a lot of uh, like comedy clubs and in front of audiences that were there to see people who people who probably would love to see Louis C.K. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So it was like I definitely was invading this very traditional comedy spaces and being like, yeah, but who is doing the comedy? Are you even looking at them? Yeah, and I don't claim to have all of the answers, like, at all. Oh, shit, because I have these questions <laughs> for later. No, I'm kidding. You know, it is very confusing, and it's, it's like, it will literally make you feel awful to see someone succeeding yeah. who you know has hurt people in such a specific way, especially people who are supposed to be funny or supposed to bring this, like, lightness to the world. Yeah. And then you know that they've done these things that have hurt people so traumatically and then also gone on to like be like, yeah, and she's crazy. Never work with her. And it's like, so not only were you assaulted, then you're blacklisted. You're, you know, all these things have happened to you for literally because you were just existing in the same space as this person. That's awful. Yeah. That's awful. And so for the people of whatever genders who like want, 
to like try to also be mindful of who they're on shows with or say who they won't work for. Like, where do you draw the line between um, whispers you've heard, an allegation, and you deciding like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this person does or has done this and I don't want to work with them. Like where, like at what point, for example, recently, like, you know, so there's a comedian in the city who's like, um, their, their, uh, a video they made is really popping off like real hard. And I want to be able to like, express like excitement and congrats. But then I rem- I feel like I remembered, um, like a long, long time ago, maybe like eight years ago, something like seven, eight, something years ago. I re- I feel like I remember being at the Creek in the cave and hearing someone say, yeah, the guy kind of creeps me out. He like really doesn't really respect boundaries X, Y, and Z. Couldn't totally remember if it was him or a comic who kind of looked like him who just like quit or whatever. I didn't know what to do. I texted two friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I said, hey. You've already at that point done more than almost anyone else would do just by asking, I think. is that, But is that like what should people should do? Just yeah, be like, hey, I think like, people I- should talk about it. I don't think... I don't think there's anything wrong with casually asking people in a non-accusatory this person did this in a more general way. I think it's fine to like, there's nuance. You can talk to people that you have relationships with. Mm. Not everything needs to be accusing someone of something on the internet. You Mm. know, like people are so scared of that, but it's like, I am so proud of people who can just like have just open conversations and be like, no, that's not what I meant. I'm just asking. I thought I remembered something. I'm not trying to do that. People people take so like the snippets of things out of things and they take things out of context and all of that. So I think that just asking and talking to people you trust and bouncing ideas off people, I think that's like it should be the same as anything else, you do know? You, do you do that you, when you hear something? So like, yeah, so back to that. It's like wh- where do you draw the line of when you don't want to work with somebody? So um, definitely based on – um, what I've heard they've done and what they continue to do. And, um, you know. So but. you don't hear a whisper like, hey, look, Billy Proceda, really fucking creepy. I don't know. One time he stood behind me. He might have been in line for the bathroom, but no, he might have been standing behind not, me. Yeah. You're not saying, well, let's kick this one out for a whisper of that. Yeah, not even. Also, like, well, who am I? I'm not anyone to kick anyone out of anything. But not a kick out, but just also, like I said, like to, you know, like you said you or you don't want to work with certain people, you're not gonna. Right. And wh- like, I was curious, like, where, wh- how do you determine who you would like to no longer work with? And if it's so it sounds like maybe a more serial behavior. Or- right. If I have people do like DM me often and tell me about their sexual, of, you know, ex- horrible sexual assault experience. You are penis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> people do tell me about things like that. And um, and for me, I'm like, OK, is this something a lot of people have said? Is what are they saying? Who is this person? And um, yeah, then I just kind of see it from there. Like, there's no hard and fast rule other than I really do believe victims. I really do. Mm-hmm. I believe them. And, uh, you know, people talk a lot about how people, you know, will accuse people of sexual assault and they, you know, it didn't happen. Like, what if you're being accused? And, you know, that really doesn't happen that often. It's like a very low, like almost like one less than one percent of 
sexual assault allegations are totally unfathomed. For for me, what you were saying about like, um, how do I know? It's like with the fucking Louis C.K. thing. It's like lots of people knew mm-hmm. that he was jerking off at his coworkers and trapping them and and then blackmailing them. Yeah. Lots of people knew about it. So it's the same with these other people. It's like lots of people know about it. Like I'm sure the person that I'm thinking of, it's like I'm sure you know who I'm talking talking about. The blackout drinking one? Yeah. That's the one that's the one that kind of hit me because before that, I just thought very fun, hilarious, good joke writing drunk. Right. Didn't know there was like that dark turn to it. Right. And that like you know that's a because it is look and that's something a lot of people know to to uh to like matt and phil and some of the people who might be listening who like you know are maybe more on the you know the um the what about side of the things it's like yes it no one's saying it doesn't hurt when someone you idolize or think is really funny oh, i think it's horrible comes down it people doesn't get really sad it yeah. shakes your core of your identity no one's telling you don't be sad about it we're yeah. saying like be sad and be sad that like there's someone who's much sadder than you about this right I mean, for and when I think about it and like, okay, I'm literally thinking about like how I talk to my brothers. Like I I have four brothers. I don't have any sisters. When I think about my brothers and how I talk about sexual assault with them and they'll be like, what if they are? We don't know. What do we know? And I'm like, you can talk about the person who committed sexual assault as much as you want and empathize with them as much as you want. But just for the sake of understanding what the victim has gone through why don't you give yourself 10 full minutes to talk about the victim and then you can say whatever you want about the person who hurt them or you know the situation just put yourself in this victim's shoes what could they have done right to get you to believe them and it's usually like nothing There's nothing that they could have done to get you to believe them. If you're in that spot, there's like nothing you can say. Because if you are really idolizing this person who did something really bad, then is that behavior okay? Is that, you know, most people are like, why are we talking about this? Why are you trying to ruin this for me? And it's like. People listen right now be like, I I was just driving the work. (laughs) Right. And it's like, I don't want to ruin anything for anyone. But like, don't you like kind of want to have the truth even just a little bit? Mm -hmm. And why do you want me, you know, just a young female comedian to have to work with these people who don't care about my safety, who might hurt me? Why is that like something we want me to be doing? Mm -hmm. It's not. We don't want that. I don't want people to feel unsafe. If someone is being like overtly racist, we don't want them to be in the working environment. That's like not a good environment. It's very similar to me. How does it feel that, I I mean, is it exhausting to be the, I mean, I don't know. I don't want to like thrust a, a, a particular emotion, but like, how does it feel that like people come to, Kelsey Kane to share their stories or to say you talking about this makes it easier. It makes me not feel crazy. Like, but to know that like people go specifically to you to talk about this topic, which is partly why when like before all this, I said, Hey, look, we don't have to like do an hour on rape. Like if you don't want it, right? Cause I, I just feel like you get this a lot. Yeah. But, um, that's like nice. That's like nice that people trust me and they feel like I'm going to be someone who doesn't say, you know, 
you shouldn't have been there or what were you doing? I'm just like, yeah, I'm listening to you and I believe that this happened to you and I'm, I'm sorry it happened to you. And I share that similar experience and, um, like you are going to keep living and it is going to be okay. And something bad did happen to you. And that it feels so little to me. And that is like, people are like, it changed my life to hear that because no one else has said that to me. I've never told anyone else. No one would. I don't think any of my in my life would say that. And it's like, yeah, we aren't like trained to listen to people's trauma, but like all you know, people are like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. It's like you don't really have to say anything or all say the wrong thing, and it's okay. You'll get just accept if someone says you said the wrong thing, just accept you said the wrong thing and move forward. Right. I mean, but like, you can just be like, I believe you. Mm. I believe you. And just listen to someone. And that will probably be huge for them. Mm. They There's like a very good chance no one else has ever done that for them. There's just, a, you know, the way that sexual assault works, people really bury it. Like people tell me because they don't have anyone else to tell. That's really sad. It's really sad. Uh, who am I? No one. I'm just a random funny lady <laughs> who seems nice. And it's like, that's so great that, uh, you know, but like, I know I'm me. So it's like, I don't feel very big, but it's like, I'm going to keep just saying the same stuff for my whole career. And hopefully people will keep responding to it. Like, I know the people who like me really like me. But the people who don't like me, there are also a lot of them. They're like, my best friend's a sex offender. What are you saying? My best friend's not nice? And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> they're not very nice. They also might be very polite, except when they're assaulting people. Like, that, right. that, these are not, you know, this goes back to my group therapy with the dudes. It's like that we're that's kind of the accidental theme is you're not a good guy and you're not a bad guy. Like, stop, you're like, accept that you're yeah. both. We just, duality. Are, we just are what we do. We are what we do. And and what you do is you jerk off a fake penis in front of audiences. <laughs> that's, that's who you are. <laughs> I mean, I really just wanted to do exactly what Louis C.K. did. And it really, there were people in the audiences, a lot of times men, who I think had never experienced anything even close to sexual assault, who were like, I'm traumatized by this. This, this traumatized me. And it's like, yeah. Can you imagine the real thing? Imagine if this was real. Imagine if your hero took their dick out and just started jerking off at you. That That's the idea. Yeah. And they're like, no, you traumatized me. And it's like, I think I put together some thoughts in your head <laughs> and you're pretty upset about it. Well, um, Kelsey, I, I appreciate you, you coming by and, and chatting so candidly. One thing I do think is fun for anyone who did happen to hate listen to this and doesn't particularly oh agree with you. I will say, <laughs> do remember that a while back, maybe 20 minutes ago, you did say that the actual thing Louis did was redeemable. <laughs> I mean, I for think the, for all the people who go like, well, Louis did wasn't a big deal. You're kind of like not I as big a deal. And he fucked up his, you know, he fucked up the apology tour. So fuck him. Well, I think people have been forgiven for a lot worse. Yeah. Like, obviously, a lot worse. Um, the former president. <laughs> fucking, yeah. People have been redeemed of a lot worse. But it's also like, do you want to be someone who creates a path for people to get back to 
you know, not hurting other people. That's not something I saw Louis C.K. do. Mm-hmm. I saw him try to cover up a behavior that a lot of people knew about. And sadly, I, you know, I agree. Um, people, but like, let's just be honest, like dudes, especially like we need to see some Aziz was close, but like what he did wasn't some would say it wasn't as, as egregious. And, and also the apology was weird. And is, we need to see someone do something bad, go away, come back, share what they learned and do better. And we, there just isn't really that yet. So there's a lot of people out here with no map and nothing to kind of copy. Right. And I will also say this. I think if you sexually assault people, I get to make fun of you for doing that yes. for <laughs> the rest of your life. Like the way that you can not get made fun of for sexually assaulting people is not do it. That's the best way. If you want to prevent yourself from me personally making fun of you for being a sex offender is just don't be a sex offender. Yeah. It's like not hard at all. Maybe the easiest thing anyone can do is not be a sex offender. <laughs> it takes no work. <laughs> well, Kelsey, um, uh, before we get some plugs in, uh, we we have a bonus episode that uh, you have consented to. Oh yeah. Um, with we have uh, some bad faith questions uh, about sexual assault, consent, oh. etc. Uh, the type of thing, the type of questions you roll your eyes at and go like, really? Um, I tried to post on Instagram to solicit them. Oh, okay. Ever, I miscalculated that my audience either A, doesn't feel those bad faith questions, or B, is nervous to ask them even anonymously because they know I can see that they particularly asked. Oh, okay. So I had to, and I'll, I'll explain this in the bonus up again. I went to the men's rights sub Reddit and I posted kind of like in character, almost in disguise, like trying to be one of them, being like, what would you ask the Me Too gang if you like had a spokes lady to you could ask? Um, give them to- <laughs> this is your character. <laughs> I legitimately had to make a post that didn't feel like myself, which was weird because then I was answering like certain like um, uh, sex personals ads, and I had to actually put in a PS. By the way, if you go in my history, this post here, not me, just me doing a thing for a podcast, <laughs> just in, in case. Um, and I got, and then it was fun trying to like get them to take their big long rants. And try to get them to boil them down to actual singular questions. Right. So we're okay. gonna do that for a Patreon bonus episode. Okay, also reach let's out to do it. also reach out it. to a few comics that we I just knew would have the the questions I was looking for. Oh God. Um, but for for now, Kelsey. Oh my God, what are these questions? They're they're all the questions you've already heard that you're like, these are bad faith questions. Like these are okay, okay. like shit questions. That like everyone insists they have to know the answer to. Okay, I'm excited because yeah. I'm like I doubt that I'm going to be able to answer them well, but we're going <laughs> to see what happens. I can't wait. Um, so people, uh, Patreon people, five dollar and up folks, you'll get that tomorrow. But for now, Kelsey, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me at my house. I live at one two. <laughs> Come on by. Um, I guess you can find me on Twitter. I'm fun on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kelsey, K-L-S-E-Y. And then the little, um, low dash, the, um, tight, the, the tight, the one on the ground, <laughs> the ground, the groundy. The, you mean the low bar we have for men in dating? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The low bar. Uh, we also call it an underscore. But... The underscore. Yes, yes, yes. That's what I was using. This one on the ground. I was using its, its, um, street names. Um, 
Um, and then Kane, my last name's Kane, C-A-I-N-E. Um, yeah, you can find me there. And then I think on, I want to say on Instagram, I think it's even different. <laughs> I'll look it up. I'll I think put... it's Kelsey and then an L for my middle name. Guess what it is? I'm not going to tell you. And then Kane. <laughs> 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 uh well fantastic and uh kelsey thanks again why don't you go ahead and say goodbye to everybody oh goodbye <laughs>If you want to hear that bonus episode with Kelsey Kane tomorrow, it's going to be available to all of my $5 and up fan whores exclusively on Patreon. There it's going to be joining nearly 200 other bonus episodes, which you can hear right now at patreon.com slash podcast. Don't forget, this Sunday, we've got our monthly Man Whore Munch with the topic and theme of questioning and coming out. So that's this Sunday if you join in time. Shoot us out a tweet. Give us a tag on the Instagram. I'm at the Billy Presida on Twitter. I'm at Billy is Presida on Instagram. From now on, I feel like I should just tell you to go to the show notes for all my handles. And if you want to get yourself some man whore merch, okay, head on over to the man whore podcast, Facebook fan page, fill up that cart, get yourself some swag. And if you've ever wanted to like flirt with me or see my dick or anything like that, okay, I'm on the OnlyFans. And it's still free to follow. There's a link in the show notes, but my username over there is uh, call me Billy. And yes, I do do audio messages just like this for all you uh, phone sex audio loving people. I actually have to log off. The, I, have, I have to stop recording because I got to go do a live raffle drawing over on the OnlyFans right now. Come check it out next week. Oh, wow. We have got quite the story of an epic and sadly traumatizing catfish. Don't you dare miss it. And don't you dare not stay slutty. Don't you dare. That's, that's a double negative. You know what I mean? Stay slutty.